Day in, day out, we endure. We put up with a lot of abuse. We put up with neglect. Our needs are not met. So when do we cry uncle? Welcome to this podcast of My Inner Torch. Well, for over 50 podcasts, I've talked about the rages, the crazy making of BPD and people with NPD and people with comorbidity between the two, which I believe my undiagnosed wife has. And I, I just keep asking myself, how long can I endure? How long can you endure? How long have you been enduring the abuse? the neglect, our needs not being met because these relationships are not fulfilling. These relationships are codependent. These relationships are trauma bonding. These relationships are of caretaker. I have to many times give my wife a lot of emotional allowances for her behaviors. I have to remember, and it's really hard that she's emotionally not fully developed. Emotionally, her development was arrested sometime when she was very young. A lot of people say it happens by two. It happens as an infant. Yeah, she had a troubled childhood. Yes, she's been married multiple times, but she's been with me for over 20 years. What does that say about me? At the end of the day, I have to take onus for my participation in this relationship. It's very easy for me to sit back and say, it's all her fault. She hurts my feelings. She's mean to me. She rages. She leaves the bedroom and she never comes back. You know, it's all her fault. But really when it comes down to it, it takes two to have a relationship. It takes two people. And one person has to say, okay, I'm going to endure. I'm going to stay in this relationship. And that is my current case because I now have come out of that fog. I now see the lay of the land. I now understand my wife. Whereas before I was hurt by her behaviors, I was confused And in some ways I thought, okay, I guess this is kind of normal. And what I think is really very interesting with people with BPD and MPD is they can push you and they can push you and they can push you. But for some reason, they seem to think that everything's okay because maybe in their magical thinking it is my wife. If you walked up to her, she would tell you the marriage is not perfect by no description, but she sees nothing wrong in living in another bedroom with no chance of reconciliation. She sees nothing wrong with it. In fact, she believes that we're going to just carry on and we're going to sell our house. And when we sell our house, we're going to move to another house and we're going to be in the same arrangement. What's wrong with her not being in the same bedroom? What's wrong with her not being intimate? What's wrong with her not caring? She's already told me that. She doesn't care. It's not important to her. We're past the love bombing stage. We're now on cruise control. And perhaps because now we've moved along in life, maybe she feels like, you know what? I've been married four times. I don't necessarily feel up to going for a fifth or a sixth marriage because that's what they do. So 
When do we cry uncle? When do you cry uncle? When do I cry uncle? When do I finally say I've had enough? When do I start planning for a life outside of this relationship? What keeps me in what I call paralytic trauma? And paralytic trauma means to me that I'm paralyzed. It's like I've been frozen. I can't seem to move. I see everything that's going on around me. I am aware of everything that is around me. But for some reason, I just don't move. What's wrong with me? MyInnerTorch at gmail.com. Thank you for making this one of the fastest growing podcasts on BPD and MPD and basically cluster B personality disorders. I am not an expert. I am not a counselor. I'm not a psychologist. I'm a survivor. And so are you. And I think that's one of the reasons why this podcast is growing and why the listenership is increasing at a rapid rate. Maybe I am getting through to some of you to help you understand that what you are in is not normal. Okay. Abuse, abuse is abuse. Okay. Love is not abuse. Somebody who's abusing you, somebody who's not meeting your needs, somebody who you cannot go to and say, Hey, look, this is kind of crazy. What can we do to make things better? That's exactly where I am. I have no, no concept. I have no, I guess I, I I just can't. And I think I've grasped the reality of the situation that again, it's not a Hollywood movie. I've talked about this in a previous podcast. There's no Hollywood ending here. My wife is not going to come to me and say, Hey, look, you know what? I'm so sorry because people with borderline don't usually apologize for their behaviors. I'm so sorry. I, I, I know I left the bedroom over two months ago. Um, you know, Hey, let's, let's sit down. Let's see how we can work this out because you know what? You mean a lot to me. That ain't going to happen, folks. It's not going to happen. And even if they say, Oh, I love you. Please don't go. Please stay. Love is not in their vocabulary. Love is not possible with somebody that has BPD and certainly not somebody who's a narcissist. They can't love. They don't have the capacity to do so. Infatuation, yes. Can they be infatuated with you? Yes, I believe that that can happen. But can they love you? Can they sustain love like a normal person can? I would have to say no. In my experience, no. And this is why when I challenged my wife, and I have done so many times, and said, I don't think you've ever loved me, her response is not, oh, but I have. Her response is to get up and leave. It's almost like showing garlic to a vampire or a cross to a vampire. But she, she, can't, she can't refute it. She can't say, oh, that's crazy. How could, you, how could you say something like that? I do love you. No, it doesn't happen. So when do we cry uncle? When do we say enough is enough? When do we make plans to heal ourselves and step away from a relationship that will never change? And I hate to say that. I would love to go back 20 years to the love bombing phase, to the infatuation phase, to the idealization phase that my wife had. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. But even then, there were cracks in the veneer. 
Because at that time, yes, the love bombing was happening, but there was the push and pull of, oh, I, you know, I, I think we need to break up. Oh, well, whatever. We won't break up. And that, that was happening. And at the time, I was confused. It's like, well, okay, well, this is great, but it's not great, but it's going to be great. Now it's great again. Now it's not great again. On and off again. So you have to ask yourself, you know, you have to be honest with yourself. And it's very, very painful. It's painful for me to come to the realization that this relationship will never be what I want it to be. This relationship will never be right. And yeah, that's a really hard thing to say. And I really wish that I could sit here on this 50 plus podcast of my inner torch and say, you know what? If you just hang in there, everything's going to be okay because it won't be. That is the nature of a relationship with somebody with borderline or somebody with cluster B. It just won't work. And yeah, there is a greener pasture on the other side for them. Because they're going to leave and they're going to repeat the whole thing. It's wash, rinse, repeat. And you are left in paralytic trauma. You're left wondering why, how, if I only had done this, you can't do anything. You can't make it right. Something that is inherently broken or distorted and dysregulated can never be right. And yeah, I would hope to say or wish to say that if you get them into therapy. You know, if they just go into therapy, it's going to be okay. Cluster B folks, borderline narcissists, those are the tough nuts to crack and they really want to have to change. They really want it. They have to want it. They can't just do it half-assed. They have to go for it and say, I want to change myself. I want to be a better person. And again, you can't fault them for being who they are. You know, this happened way before you ever got involved with them. You weren't there when they were born necessarily. You weren't there when their parents abandoned them. You weren't there when they may have incurred some trauma themselves and some abuse. You weren't there and it's not your fault. They'll make you think it is because you are the bane of their existence. You are the reason why their lives are all messed up. You will hear that. You will be accused of that. So when do you cry uncle? When do you start to make plans to heal? And that's what you have to do. Remember, you can't lose your self-worth in somebody with borderline or narcissistic personality disorder. You have to maintain, you have to rebuild your self-esteem. You have to release yourself from codependency and from caretaking. You have to do that. And you can't be caught in paralytic trauma. You can't freeze. You can't be that deer in headlights as the car is careening down the highway towards you. You have to react. And it's up to you on how you do it. I appreciate your support. I appreciate your emails to myinnertorch at gmail.com. If I can't get back to you, I've been getting a lot of correspondence and I do appreciate it. I will. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from your experiences. I plan to expand this podcast. I plan to bring on some people to interview so that perhaps they can give us more insight on people with BPD and provide us with perhaps some more solutions. There's a lot of information out there. AJ Mahari on YouTube, 
recommend that you watch her, Renee Swanson on Spotify and on all the other podcast platforms out there. These are people that talk about things that may resonate with you and may educate you because knowledge is power. Understanding is solace and comfort in knowing that it's not your fault and having to kind of figure out a way to deal with it. I wish you well in that experience. I thank you for continuing with my journey on my inner torch. Till next time, 10 a.m. Fridays, Eastern Standard Times, new podcasts uploaded. Be well, and in whatever you do, be good. 